Hey guys, you're listening to the Swap Moto Podcast presented by our friends at Fly Racing. This is a special episode. Uh, we did the PNG happy hour after our 2021 250 shootout and uh, got six guys around a bar at Blackmore Ranch and uh, shot the shit about the new bike. So check it out. We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Hey guys, uh, Don Maeda here. We are at Blackmore Ranch in Murrieta, California uh, for the PNG Happy Hour following the 2021 250 motocross shootout. So we did it with the 450 shootout and it was a wildly popular video and podcast, so why not do it again? Uh, last time we didn't have one of our testers because he was not 21. So this time, PNG, all natural, safe for kids. We have uh, Renee Garcia with us. So today uh, we had six riders, five bikes. Again, we did not have the Suzuki RMZ250 simply for the fact that it is not on United States soil yet. Um, the 2021 Suzuki RMZ250 is unchanged. I figured uh, the result would not be any different than it was last year, so we elected to move ahead. Before you start commenting about where's the gas gas, that's not here yet either. So uh, we went, al went along with the five bikes that are here. We've been riding them for some of them for months now, uh, the others for a couple weeks. But uh, yeah, so we have uh, on the end, Mike Sleater, our uh, longtime test rider, uh, also a partner in PNG. We have Renee Garcia, our up and coming 20 year old professional motocrosser. Of course, we have the ever popular Pat Foster in the middle here. And uh, we're also joined by Austin Schott of uh, Thor Motocross. He's the creative director there and also the uh, creative director for SwapMotoLive.com. Am I allowed to say that? I'm not the creative director, but close enough. I do some but cool shit. For us, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least is my good friend, Colt King, who I've known <clears throat> since he was like three years old. Um, He's been a tester. So actually this whole panel is the same as last year with the exception of you, Sleater, because uh, you were a KTM employee. At, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Void. From I got jumped year. in. I got jumped in this year. Jumped in. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so guys, we will start off, uh, just share our thoughts about each of the bikes. Um, so in no particular ranking order, we're just going to go alphabetical. So the Honda CRF 250R, completely unchanged from last year. Uh, they didn't even change the graphics, which was kind of surprising. Super surprising. But you know what? Last year, I chose that bike first, personally, because I just loved the way it handled. I thought it was, you know, the motor was good enough. It wasn't the fastest. Um, handled like a dream, and the same this year, I think. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I feel like you can be like out of the box, like grab that bike, and you're just super confident the minute you're on it. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, I think that bike is rad. This, this year is the same for last year for me. Most fun bike on the track. The handling is so good. It corners so quickly, carves inside of anything. Super light in the air, flickable, just really, really fun. That's a pretty bold statement, most fun bike on the track. Most fun bike on the track. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't the most fun for me, but I can see that bike being a perfect bike for someone else. Um, the stability of the chassis is 
is unreal. Like mm -hmm. it, it handles so well the comfort, the triangle, the ease from the bar to the seat to the pegs. Mm -hmm. How easy it was to stand up, get off the set, out mm -hmm. of the seat. Yeah. I just needed more power. Like I just, for me, like I, it's not that fun because I'm grabbing gear, shifting, trying to run it in a sweet spot. But for that that young rider that's coming off a 125 and making that transition or someone that really wants to build that motor to their specific liking, you're giving this canvas of that perfect chassis, in my opinion. Yeah. No, for sure, and I agree. I mean, a little with Sleater, um, I think that bike, more than others, is um, the bike that you, you really have to stay on your toes and, and keep it working. Um, it, it, it tends to fall on its face if, if you're not on it. Um, mm -hmm. But things like the Ergo are, 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 are something that I've always like from Honda, they they seem to fit me pretty well. So yeah, I mean, as as a novice tester, like that bike for me, straight off the showroom floor, I could take that out to the Swap Moto Series and put it on the racetrack and feel competitive. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it's not the fastest motor out of the out of the bunch here, but um, you can make good use of it. Yeah, like it's just rollable power that you can kind of pull along the whole track. And yeah, we talked about that a little bit. You're telling me at the end of the day how other models were a little aggressive and you know you'd have to let off and adjust where you said the Honda is you could ride it in the sweet spot so I can really appreciate that you know yeah. like, and that's why we have this panel right yep. it's, all, it's all different you know and yeah. kind of explain to the viewers of how, what you were talking about how other models versus the Honda and that power plant for you is so good yeah I mean for me the the two powerhouses were the Yamaha and Cowie um, great bikes but coming out of corners, there was times where, yeah, you got on it right away, it would pull you back. Um, for me, to carry speed and keep it in that RPM and keep it pulling, uh, it's just way more usable, whereas the other power of the, you know, say Yamaha Cowie are a little bit more abrupt. It's also because you weigh like 140. <laughs> I, I was telling him I was weighing 160. I may have been patting my stats, yeah, but. Yeah, before you took it down. Yeah. So the Honda has uh, three maps. You can switch it on the fly, but you can't switch it while you're riding. You have to pull a clutch in and do it, right? Yeah. Um, it'd be sweeter if you could do it, like in the air, say, or whatever, but... Yeah, but um, did you really want to? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I wanted to try all the maps today, right? Yeah. So I had to actually come to stop, pull a clutch in, and do it. It would have been nice to just boom. Yeah, the KTMs yeah, you can. Know. The KTMs yeah. you can change the maps. On the Same fly. with the uh, Yamaha. Yep. Yamaha on and off, well. but, mm -hmm. Okay, so there's three maps. One is standard, two is... Uh, tractable and three is hard hitting right i i think two shouldn't even be in the thing right i uh, agree I, I like three the best what'd you guys think i'm with you on that i didn't even really ride it in the other two mm -hmm. i kind of went around like one lap on each one and then just went straight to three and, and kind of kept it there yeah. three three was my favorite one of the one of the problems with the honda motor is it's it's a little hollow down low like, like these guys were saying you got to keep it revving you got to be on the pipe and if you if you fall off on the on the rpms it's, that's when the, ten, the honda has a tendency to fall on its face uh, map three is more aggressive it's more hit down low more punch more fun that's where i spent most of my day no for sure and i agree i spent most of my time today on three um i played with one very very shortly but um, going back to the map thing, I think that's kind of where the benefit of the other bikes is being able to flip them on the fly. You know, for me, it kind of limited me to how many times I really wanted to try it. Once I kind of was done with one, I just kind of stuck with three and kept going from there. Mm -hmm. well, that's what, like, even I did one for my first three or four laps, and I was comfortable, like I said, and yeah, I bypassed two as well and went straight to three just to see what it would be like with a little bit, you know, more of aggressive map, and I ended up keeping it there, but... Again, 
I think uh, it was good, but I'd still keep it in one just for that rideable power. Mm-hmm. What was the worst thing about the bike? I'm saying grips. You think <laughs> yeah. grips? I think the bar bend. You don't like the bar bend? I'm not really into the bar bend. I think there's too much of a rake back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the grips are, they're, I mean, I'm, I don't have huge hands, but they're so, they're huge. Big, and yeah. it's, it's a kind of a smaller rider bike. So, I mean, it sounds like an easy thing to change, but going through the corporate steps yeah. and changing it, I mean, you know, we have sponsors of Swapman Alive that can definitely assist people with lock-ons. <laughs> so check out the, some reviews on the, the latest grips. But yeah, the grips are bad. Um, but the foundation of the Honda is is there. Like they're giving you a canvas. It, it's the it's the perfect bike for a lot of riders. Mm-hmm. It's not for everyone. Um, for the maybe the pro or the intermediate rider out of the box, but from that young rider making a transition to maybe a woman rider. You know, it's got a gr- that the chassis and the ergo is really complicated. Did you just say transition to a woman rider? The young rider transitioning to a big bike and yeah. the woman rider, you know, the rider. But yeah, it's a it's a great bike. Like I said, I, I just want you know a twisted motor dumped in it. That's not how yeah. it comes, you know. Dude, Jamie did my motor last year, that bike was sick. Remember that thing? I saw you scrambling taking parts off it when yeah. you were turning it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give the uh, ECU back to Jamie, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I guess uh, in conclusion, the Honda is just super fun for most of us. Super fun bike, uh, good power, not great, but uh, a solid platform that uh, I know I would love to ride it all year. You know, I'd, who, who rides a bone stock bike all year, right? That's the reality. Change it a little bit and yep. tailor it to my, to my liking Absolutely. perfectly. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, Next in the alphabet is the Husqvarna FC 250. Um, that was actually the first bike I rode today. Uh, <laughs> dude, so Kawea Creek today, we had this crazy storm on Saturday and Sunday, and today's Tuesday. It was soft. There is some soft spots. A lot of ruts today. A lot of like gnarly ruts, like sideways ruts in the berms and stuff. Yeah, so mm-hmm. for all those viewers that asked that if we come out to the East Coast and ride rutted tracks, because our SoCal tracks are hardback, Watch our GoPro footage, watch the shootout. We had ruts up faces, we had ruts and turns, there was no dust anywhere. So this shootout was more dynamic, I think, for all of us than we usually get to ride. We don't choose our weather here in SoCal or our dirt. And this this week, it, this today was a very dynamic day. Real, I think one of the best days at Kiev I've had in a long time, a lot of ruts. So mm-hmm. we are finding things about bikes to you viewers that asked to come to the East Coast that where it's more dynamic with turning and and handling that yeah, and the, we, the soil really put a load on the motors today absolutely yeah. yeah yeah i rode the husky first as well as far mm-hmm. as my line of bikes and i doubled back at the end of the day after the track had broken in because the first couple of bikes i did man the track was i think i was the first guy on it and i was <laughs> i was laying the the track and um yeah that the husky is amazing um i've never been a big fan of the air fork Mm -hmm. so for me that's always been the biggest thing um i like my suspension stiff and i just feel like i couldn't get it today but it may have been just you know the dirt too yeah i'm with you on that whole air fork thing dude like with with the european bikes and having that i just feel like they dance around the track a little bit more so than the bikes that have the traditional fork it's just Mm kind of hard for me to like lock in anywhere really on that especially the husky it just kind of Sketch me out, I think, a little bit more than, than the other bikes having that fork. But mm. Yeah, I don't uh, I was pretty uncomfortable on the Husky because I was riding the track that wasn't totally broken in yet, and I hit a couple soft spots and had some 
you know, yeah, front end dropping <laughs> moments, but I really like the, the feel of the bike between your legs. It's real smooth. Although it's a sister to the KTM, I feel like it's narrower at my knees when I'm sitting down at the radiator shrouds. Mm. Um, I like that. I love the Pro Taper bars it has. Um, I think it's the only bike that comes with Pro Tapers. It is. It is. Yeah. And yeah. I love the way a Pro Taper feels and resonates. Yep. Um, the Husky today, uh, I liked it in Map 2. It's kind of funny because up until this year, I always liked Map 1 on the Husky and KTM better. But I really like Map 2. The bike felt pretty snappy for me today. Um, it's still primarily a, a fast guy motor, like mid and top, and more so than the others. And for me, you know, being a 52 year old slow dude, I mean, it was like kind of tough for me to keep singing. And if I got off the pipe, if I did something stupid to turn, it was one of the two hardest for me to get back on the pipe with the clutch. Yeah, I agree that that power is so linear on the Austrian models, but I felt the the Husqvarna 250F for me had a little more pipe, more pep than the KTM. So, mm -hmm. and the suspension was a little more lively, had a little more pitch, like helped turn um, compared to its stepsister, right? It's it's a uh, um, fancier sister, but uh, it <laughs> the. The air fork to me, I'm very comfortable with it. I spent a lot of time on that fork, so I'm, yeah. I'm aware of what it doesn't do good. So I think I, I'm a little jaded with that. But what I don't like about the Husky is it's, it's just very linear and it's also just, it's peppy to your point. Like it has a good ECU tune. It just doesn't have enough um, character. I don't have a character. Like the Honda has a character. It's like you ride it in this area. The Husqvarna, the area you ride it, it's yeah. just way up here, yeah. like way up top. Let's just ride it at the top. You don't ride it. It has no flavor, no character in the middle. And I think the Austrian team, and, and I'm taking a big swing at this, of having all these different models under the same group, I think they're losing a bit of, of refinement in one model. Right. Right. And I feel like having, you know, adding the gas gas and now the Husqvarna and the KTM, the Husqvarna, something's losing on these models. And I feel that they're losing some character and some refinement in the engine. The chassis is safe. It's, 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 I can push it as hard as I can with that chromoly chassis. I mean, we're not talking about dangerous stuff. We're talking about a feeling, mm -hmm. you know, the Air Fork not having good feeling. And I think the chromoly chassis has the best in class of, of, of awareness of not when to crash, you're not going to crash. You know if you're going to crash or you know when you're safe because of the feeling of that chromoly. They've done a great job with the refinement of the chassis, but I think they're, they're really missing the mark on refining the fork and shock and the engine as, a, as individual pieces. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Renee? No, um, I've been pretty tough, I'd say, on the Austrian bikes um, due to the air fork, but actually today I was, I was quite surprised. Um, I felt you know, really, really comfortable on, on both of them. Um, but the Husky, Husky in particular, I think is, I'm looking for a little bit stiffer suspension setting was the biggest issue I came to find. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of just got to a point where like, oh, that's pretty much as stiff as we can go. So I never quite got fully happy, but um, there is a big difference between them two. I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed it today, but uh, that 10 mil um, uh, difference um, on, in, on the rear is, is mm -hmm. very, very noticeable. I found that in some terms, it was better. I liked it more, but in the long sweeping terms is where I, I didn't necessarily like it quite as much. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest thing that stood out to me. It's funny, because you wouldn't think you could feel 10 mil, right? Mm -hmm. But I could tell a distinct difference between the way the two bikes feel. And I actually prefer the lower feel of the Husky. Mm -hmm. I agree, it, I, it prefer the lower, I prefer the lower bike mm -hmm. as a package. Yeah. Um, 
What was kind of strange to me is that the Husky was peppier than the KTM today, right? KTM had the vented air box. Right. Husky mm -hmm. did. Right. Yeah. Right. So usually a little the, bit of a vent. Nothing like what the. Was it the optional one on today? There was, there on there was like a tiny oh, little vent thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, but it's not nearly as aggressive as the KTM. No, but I agree. On paper, that shouldn't work the way it is. Usually, when you open the air box up, you get more air. Like in the KTM, KTM definitely has more air visually like it, it's been known to be like a more of a stronger package but it didn't show that on the track today in my hand when i roll on the track that we talked about it pat it, yep. the husky was a lot more responsive in my hand i i agree and, and just touching on what you said earlier the response on the husky is really good and the ecu is clean mm -hmm. the, the bike the, the the throttle response is good it's just the low end and into the mid-range just doesn't have that much excitement it's it's, it's a really broad long pole and I, and I think a lot of people would like that. I don't think you'd like that, Renee. I think you're looking for more. Mm -hmm. Mike, I think you're looking for more. I'm looking for more. Um, I know people love this bike, and it's really easy to ride. It doesn't get away from you, easy to control. Uh, I'm just looking for more, more excitement down low. And I feel the same way as the, the rest you do on the air fork, although I will say this is the best air fork that I've ever ridden. Uh, I spent a lot of time with the WP guys during the intros, and they, they went through all of the changes that they made, and they, they put a lot of work into this bike. And I think that they keep making steps in the right direction. Uh, look, it's not, as, it's not as plush and smooth as the Yamaha or the Cowie, but it is the best air fork I've ever ridden. And I do like the idea of the adjustability. Um, I'm, I'm 185 pounds and a, and a pro. My dad's 165 pounds and he's 65 years old. He and I could go ride the same bike, adjust the air, and get it working pretty good for both of us. And I, and I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. How many of us, though? have friends that don't even check their tire pressure. It, I'm not a person. Even to that it. point, like, I'm a, I've defended the Air Fork, right? Yeah. But as we're sitting there and you make that statement about your dad 165, you 180, how many of us change fork springs on the other bikes today? Well, none. Right. none. Right. We don't change the springs. So it's like we can dial in that, that, that air fork to, to suit yourself, but you're on an island. You're, you're on an island that's different than the other models. So when you're on a, when you have two models that are different than the others, that feel different, and, and the market's saying one thing and you're trying to be different, doesn't make, it makes it harder on you, I think. And, right. and like, I, I agree with the technology and, and the way they're going, but I think they're, they're, they're fighting a PDS fight. Right, mm -hmm. they, they yep, need to sure. they need to like look back to what we, you know, I'm 170 in at pro level and and you know I I did rode the Yamaha and the Kawasaki and other models with stock spring rates and just fine. So I think they're mm -hmm. it's not like that spring technology is is holding it back. Let me ask you this because you you have a long history with KTM, as on the R and D side, they always seem to do something different and they stick to their guns with it forever, right? Like the 13 millimeter bolts, mm -hmm. you know, the shock with no linkage back in the day, mm -hmm. the push button gas cap. Sometimes do they not change things just because they want to stay different? I, I don't think it's that. I think that they, they, they have a, you know, they're justifying a job and a concept. They paid someone to have this, you know, concept, an engineering concept that wants to be different and better than everyone else. And I think in this point, they're fighting a fight, and as we've watched others, they've conformed to more of that that staple of, of, of what they've done. I'm very proud they stay with the chromoly because it's not a hindering, it's a feeling. Mm -hmm. But I really feel they need to ditch the air fork, and because that cone valve fork we know is a very good, very successful fork. You know, other companies like Enzo are creating a, a conversion spring fork that mm -hmm. is phenomenal. So I think you know if they brought that, they took that excuse from us 
right? The familiarity, you get, a lot of these guys, if you don't own a KTM, you're not familiar with the feeling. So you have to know the feeling. And now the people that are buying KTMs are ditching the air fork, going to cone valve and spring conversion. So, <laughs> so you don't have a lot of market share running air fork. So to your point, I think they really try to push the envelope of technology. And I think sometimes it takes three years to put technology in motion. Mm -hmm. And when they put that technology in motion, air fork was popular. And everyone's going to air fork when they put that in motion and everyone ditched it. Yeah. And they're stuck with it. I think they have to ride out technology and, and spend and whatnot. Yeah, but at least it's cool that they kind of keep going with it. So like, while you think that they're defying this kind of stuff, it's sweet that they keep trying to like progress that. We may not. Yeah. Same with the two strokes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I agree. Cool I think they're trying to make it better. Right. But I think we're going to come to a point where it's like you just choose between Air Fork or, yeah. or Spring. Yeah. But hey, the Air Fork is how many times better than the 4CS? <laughs> <laughs> I have nightmares. All right. Hey guys, this is Justin Cooper of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. BC Fit Meals has been a huge tool in my success in keeping me healthy, energetic, and recovering the best possible way I can. All of their meals are delicious, ready to eat, and take the guesswork out of eating right. Visit their site at bcfitmeals.com and sign yourself up today. What's up, this is Justin Barsha of the Monster Energy Yamaha team and I trust the Rye Helmet. I know that every helmet is handcrafted in Japan and that the people who work at Arai are obsessed with building the best helmet they can possibly can. Staying safe is a priority for me and this is why I choose Arai Helmets. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble, and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So, yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails. Or if you want to go a bit further, longer and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e-bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So. Head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Vescondido Action Sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-shirt printers handles all of my merch needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team t-shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at TemeculaT-ShirtPrinters.com. Okay, next in the lineup would be the uh, Kawasaki KX250. Uh, that bike is 
completely new this year. Uh, all new motor last year in 2020, or all new cylinder head with the uh, finger follower valve train. For 2021, they took it a step further and they changed the motor even more, plus added the uh, hydraulic clutch and e-start, which gets a big thumbs up from all of us, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they took the uh, KX450 chassis and adapted it to the 250. So that bike essentially is an all new bike. Mm -hmm. um, I know I'm super, super pumped on that bike. It's got, it's got so much uh, pizzazz in the motor. The power band is exciting. It's responsive, it's fast revving. Uh, you know, when slow Dawn falls off the pipe, it's like, wow, hit the clutch a couple <laughs> times, comes right back, right? Yeah. Uh, love the way the bike handles, love the ergonomics, feels real familiar, has that big, hard to crash a cruise ship feeling, you know, the long chassis. Um, I, I had a great time on that bike today. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think that like riding that bike, you just feel so, I don't want to say safe because of like our support, but like you almost, you're just so comfortable and confident on that thing right away. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool to see how much that bike has progressed since last year. And last year was a great bike. And this year, I think they killed it, so. Well, and you, and you just said, talking about feeling like a cruise ship, how stable it is on the straightaways. But it's, it's also like one of the most narrow bikes. I mean, mm -hmm. the ergonomics are great. And you, you sit on it and your knees are so close together and it feels so small and then it corners so well. And so mm -hmm. to have a bike that corners that well and that aggressively, but is also that stable in the straightaways, mm -hmm. that's really unusual. Right. No, for sure. And like I said, the biggest thing that sticks out to me when I got off the Cowie is, is how confidence inspiring it is. It really is like, it inspires you to push harder because of how stable, how planted, how well balanced the bike is. And I mean, Cowie has just, you know, hit the nail on the head when it comes to finding a good kind of in between with stability and yet really good cornering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I um, spent a lot of time on the Cowie today. I was hard on the Cowie 450 in the shootout because of some, the fork spring and the 250F I think ticks every box as far as being balanced. The motor's got a great balance, the chassis's got a great balance. For me, I talk about that foot peg, the seat, handlebar triangle, and that bike I'm, I, I'm, I tend to hunch and it's, it makes me so easy for me to stand up tall and get my, my weight over the front of the bar. and. The, the, the turning of the bike is, is unmatched in the class. I can come in a turn and the front wheel feels extremely light. And, and one thing to add is, is we all ran Max's tires again in this shootout mm -hmm. on all these bikes similar to the 450. So it, it, other models had a heavier feel on the front tire and when you're not running the same tire, you can contribute that to the maybe a Bridgestone or a Dunlop versus X, Y, and Z. But we all run the same tires today and the, the uh, Max's tires it's got an extremely light feel, great touch on that KYB fork on the Cowie. Mm -hmm. I was able to turn it, like my middle to exit part of the turn was so phenomenal and that's my weak point for my riding is that kind of finishing out turns. So whenever you can get a bike that, that highlights your, that fixes your weak point, mm -hmm. it's hard not to gravitate towards that. And then the, it wasn't the strongest motor in the class, but it was very close. I mean, it was, it was not far mm -hmm. off. And so having my, you know, my weakness is not going fast in a straight line, it's, it's maybe cornering. So having a bike that can fix my weakness and then I'm, it's gonna, overall my lap time is gonna be better. So I felt the Cowie 250F, just the fit and finish from the you new know, hydraulic clutch, the E-Start, the all new chassis and being its first year out, those guys did such a good job and that platform is, is you don't have to do a lot to it, I don't mm -hmm. feel like to be really competitive at a, a local race level. A new fat bar is really good. Yeah, so good it's step. interesting. The bar mm -hmm. when I sit on it, I feel like I'm having Ronnie Renner's like bar hop bike. <laughs> it's really tall, but 
But when you're on the track, it's it's ergonomically correct. Yeah. Like it's got a big rise to it, but when you go through the track, you don't feel high. So it's it's more comfortable. It's got good flex, but visually, it's a it's a tall bar when you're sitting on it. But on the track, it, it they've specced the right bar. I feel. Yeah, it's, I it's funny you brought that up because like riding onto the track, I was like, man, this kind of feels <laughs> off. Like, like yeah, I don't know. Like, I used to ride a Cowie, and so I'm pretty comfortable on them. I was just I was pulling on, and I took a couple corners, and I was like. I don't know if I like this, but then as you started to kind of get into the paces and start pushing it, it, I felt like I was right at home. I don't know if it was the green fender in front, and, <laughs> but like you said, I mean, I had cornered the best all day with that bike, and I didn't think that was going to be the case. But uh, yeah, everything's set up for that bike to to really. Turn Isn't it head. interesting how firm it, the settings are, but yet you don't feel like the t initial touch is so good. Like mm -hmm. the seats, obviously, and honestly, it sounds silly. The seats, the best in class. Like the seats, the Honda's good too, but the seats got good foam, good density, but also the shock package and fork are really firm, but the initial touch is very comfortable. So when it's you're really hitting edges, But then like you can really like, yeah, I noticed that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's other models, you, like the KTM and uh, Husqvarna, you firm them up and they get harsh like yeah. right away, right? Where this guy was firm, firmer than the Austrian models, but the touch was very compliant. It offers a lot of comfort. Yeah. It's you know, the other thing about the Cowie is it's the most adjustable, right? Yeah. So it's got front and rear bar mounts plus front for rearward rotation plus the two foot peg mounts, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I'm only 5'9", so I've never wanted my foot pegs lower, but, uh, but like Jeremy McGrath, he's the same height as me and he likes his lower because of the lower CG it gives the bike. So. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of versatility there. That's cool. I, I think we were that. talking about that earlier, Mike. Like, the whole the bar seat and peg ratio like getting up on the balls of your feet out of a corner is much easier on a couple other brands than you know let's say a couple other brands but so for me that was a big deal there's a couple of corners where you know you come in tight jump right out of the inside i need to get on my you know Sorry. i'm either going to seat bounce it or i'm going to stand up and preload so for me to get up and be able to preload get over those jumps is a big deal yeah. absolutely Okay, the mapping thing, the Kawasaki's pretty clunky. It has those couplers, right? Mm -hmm. And the guy from Cowie, I don't know, he must, oh, he's obviously done it a million times, but he changed the couplers really fast. When I've tried to do it, I've had to use like a little screwdriver <laughs> and, like, and like cross my fingers. And like, it's really hard for me to take it on and off. He did it pretty quickly. Um, so green is standard, black is rich, white is lean, leaner, right? So. Um, rode the green standard one, loved the bike, switched to the leaner coupler. And it's funny because some of us were talking about the effects that the leaner coupler has and we had like differing opinions. For me, the leaner coupler was snappier down low, cleaner, but it kind of flattened out a little bit on top. And with the stock coupler in, the Cowie has that sweet like, yep, right at the top of the part, man but it flattens out before that with the white one on. For me, it does. And so I was hitting that big uphill tabletop and third gear tapped out and it revved out and got real flat right as I hit the lip that had the kicker in it and I just did the biggest, but it did it. Like big Endo City, right? So I came in and take that thing off. Put it, put you the put green. the green back in? Yeah, but what did you guys like for couplers? Me what? personally, I like the green one. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I like the green one. I rode the bike first early in the morning and today was pretty cold. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think it was just running a little little rich down low. 
And so I personally didn't like it. You know, we're, we're working our sections, getting our photos done and stuff. And I was like, man, let me go change this thing out real quick. And once I did that, it, it fixed all the problems I had. It was a little gurgly down ball on the, on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that uh, green coupler fixed it right away. So I like Okay, it so you s- didn't start with the green one? No, okay, so sorry. Okay, uh, the green is standard. Okay, green is standard. So white coupler is what I finished on. Once okay. I changed yeah. that, I left it in there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of what I felt too. I, d- I did the same as you. I, s- I started with the green. It had the white coupler in when you got off the bike. And I go, you know what? I, I want to start stock. And so I put the green one in. Did a few laps. The bike felt good. I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, put the white one in. I did notice the same thing you noticed. More, more low end, a little more mm-hmm. pop down low, a little flatter a little earlier. Yeah. But, but I still liked it. I, I liked the, the pull you down prefer low. prefer the white one? Yep. Mm-hmm. I preferred white. Yeah. See, I must ride really low in, in the middle then because like, I had the standard in as well. Came in and I liked it. And I was like, ah, I don't feel like touching it because I liked it a lot. And they're like, hey, everyone's starting, you know, they're going with the white coupler. So I switched it out and yes he did it very quickly um and did a couple more laps and i i was blown away because it it almost smoothed out the entire track for me hmm. like where i felt like the green one was a little peppy in some places mm-hmm. like i put the white one on and i felt like i was just the same same gear same throttle crack same everything around the entire track mm-hmm. interesting yeah, although that is a clunky like method, right? You have a, compared to the rest of the models, like pushing a button. Yeah, right. Once we kind of find our sweet spot, right? You kind of don't change it a lot, right? So, I mean, if they're keeping the trying to keep the price down by not adding more technology, then kudos to that. But I wish they had a, a, a button. Hopefully next year they'll refine their ECU settings and have a, a, a switch. But I, I prefer the white. Like I don't mind short shifting it, and I like that quick response. So mm-hmm. I ran the green, and, and to me it was. Uh, I just want that quicker response out of the turn and I don't mind shifting a little quicker. So mm-hmm. yeah, the, the motor just got a really, really great ECU tune with all settings, but man, the exhaust is terrible sounding. It's loud. It's no. loud. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it's not as loud of an experience as riding the Yamaha. No, no but it's close, more like yeah. there's a tinny muffler, yeah. right? Tinny yeah. muffler. And I told the guys, I'm like, man, it, it makes power, but I definitely hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, Kawasaki, great bike, huge improvements. I think they went forward in every department. Would you guys agree? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Definitely, 100%. I, I can't think of anything I don't like about the Kawasaki. Yeah. I, I don't think they missed the mark on anything on that The bike. vulcanized grips. The vulcanized oh. grips. Mm. Yeah, you can't, you, can't cut the, you can't cut the stock grip off the stock tube. They're melted on. Oh, that's it. It's vulcanized on. That's it, cool. So exactly. you get one for the so rest. So you gotta switch to pro taper lock-ons. Pro taper lock-ons. Okay, so next is the uh, KTM, KTM 250SXF. Uh, tiny refinement, I, I think, no, the mapping's the same, right? Yeah, they just, just changed the suspension a little bit. There's, there's a new map too. Map, map no, two's more No, no, same. that's on the 450. No, that's just 450. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, just oh. same mapping. Yeah, so, um, yeah, black it was kind of weird because I got on the bike and you know, obviously, like I said before, it feels fatter between your knees. Um, I don't know why, but it really bothers me on the KTM, the width of it, more so than even the Yamaha, which is a big girl, right? Yeah. But uh, I got on the KTM after the Husky. I had a bike in between, but I expected, okay, this is going to be the snappier Austrian bike. And it was really weird. For me today, the KTM felt mellower, like a blah type of power. Um, I've always said something about the mapping in KTMs and Huskies gives the engine a heavy friction, slow revving feel. Mm-hmm. 
and I feel like it's the slowest revving bike in the group, mm -hmm. for me at least, you know, yeah. the yeah. RPM I'm running at. So uh, I wasn't super pumped on the 250SXF today. Uh, handles great, corners nicely. Um, I don't know, it was just like, huh, dirt bike. And it makes yeah. me sad. It makes you sad? It makes me Why, sad. Kind of do, do, you feel, do you feel differently though? No, I feel the same as him. Yeah. I yeah, I, I'm, I'm bummed on the bike. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's like, you know, it's got a lot of prestige around it. It looks phenomenal. Um, fit and finish, Brimbros, hydraulic clutch, they, they kind of put down, they, KTM put this. They led the way. They led the way mm -hmm. in this path. They led the way with horsepower. They led the way with like fringe, fringe benefits and technology of changing mapping and, and just, a better quality product and today I was it was lackluster the the track gave every advantage for that KTM and it's just you know, the shock was real dead in the rear the fork was high and like you said Don verbatim what you think is it just the motor had no pizzazz no it just was was like oatmeal with no sugar or raisin just it, <laughs> it, it made some power but I just didn't I didn't, it wasn't fun to ride like yeah. I could go fast on it like on the clock but mm -hmm. I just it was like all right, well, what's, I could barely get the front wheel up and wheelie and bumps because just, it just drove forward. It just wanted to go forward. It didn't want to give me anything to like call home about. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. And it kind of goes back to that statement where you're saying where they don't put enough time into just one of them, these three Austrian brands. Because last year, I feel like it was kind of the opposite. Like the, the KTM to me was more exciting than the Husky That's was. And now mm -hmm. this year, I felt the same way. I was like, oh, the Husky's actually doing it and the KTM's not really. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's the first time I've ever said that out loud and I kind of talked to, uh, you know, but I, I do okay? feel, mm -hmm. I do feel that it's just like they're losing something in, in with the KTM group of trying to be this come all be all with three different brands, but I feel like they're, they're not honing in on fixing or really making one thing great. I think they're, they're becoming average with a few things. And Mike, you might have some insight on this. Do you think there's a lot of European influence on their bike character? Yeah, because the, the, the quick response, it's interesting because all the European testers that I've got to work with over 15 years is they love that response of like the Japanese bikes. That, but the tracks t in Italy that they test on a lot are harder than this bar top, right? And they're slippery. So when you get a quick responding bike, it's a little, usually harder to control. Right, so but I, I think it comes down to sorry is no. the is the 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 design of the engine and the the inertia of the engine. We all talk about ECU tune, mm -hmm. but I really think it's an engine development design and, and the way that you know the 450 feels the same. The only one that doesn't feel that slow revving is the 350. Right. Right? right. So I feel like they just need to work on like an inertia feeling. It's it's we can map it. I think so. Our face turns orange or white, but I think it's it's really an, an engine character. Well, I, I went to Belgium a few years ago and I got to ride some factory Huskies, European bikes, and I hated them. I hated them. <laughs> I, I called Donnie and I go, hey, I would be faster on a stock Husky right now. And, and here, here we are talking about how smooth stock Husky yep. is, and mellow. The factory bikes were smoother and mellower than that. And I go, I don't understand how these guys go so fast on it. And so I'm wondering if that's just a European setting where they go, look, we want a long, broad, smooth power. Because for years, we've been telling both KTM and Husky guys, uh, the, the Americans, hey guys, we need, more, we need more pep. We need more pop down low. We need more excitement. And they go, we know, we know, we know. We I think it. what the engineers are looking at is the, is the overall number, that number up top. But that number isn't a feeling, right? right? That number right. is just a number, that horsepower number and that torque curve number. We're not talking about a number. We're talking about on the track feeling. So there, there obviously is a disconnect within like R&D in the, the number the horsepower number and the torque curve number and then the feeling on the track and 
like I haven't been there for two, over two years, so I'm very well disconnected, but I wrote it today and I wrote it pre previously and it's it's lackluster as far as like overall feeling and character. It's it's not it's not the best engine on the track anymore for sure. I agree. I, um, I got off the bike. I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah, I got I got off the bike and I go, you know what? It's a nice bike. It's a nice <laughs> bike. It goes, it, you know, it does everything pretty good. It checks all the boxes. It's it, you know pretty good power. Handles pretty good. Turns pretty good. It doesn't do anything glaringly bad. I it, I want more excitement down low, but. Uh, you know, if you're somebody who likes a long linear delivery and something that's smooth and predictable, it's a, it's a great bike. It's absolutely mm -hmm. great. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I'm actually really, you know, interested to hear you guys' opinions and thoughts. For me personally, I felt the KTM was, was sharper today. I, I don't know. I think that um, the same reason why I, I was also surprised with how well the Husky turned, the, the lower uh, rear end, 10 mil, I, I kind of, I like the KTM more. I felt like the bike worked better underneath my legs better coming into some of these longer sweep, uh, sweeping high-speed sweepers. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I felt the same way. I, I don't think that the KTM has anything specifically like some of the other bikes that stand out and hit me in the face like, oh, wow, wow. like this thing's crazy. But I did realize that I was able to, to ride the bike really, really hard and it worked well with me. It never really fought me. Um, it was very, very flickable and manageable. I was able to hit turns and, and cut out sharper and, and not have to do as much work necessarily to do so. Um, but yeah, I do agree. There's nothing really there that, that stands out to me. I just, I really liked how um, manageable the bike was and easy to flick around. Well, mm -hmm. Piggybacking off of that, I too like the KTM feel better, the taller, mm -hmm. taller suspension. What we're, what we're talking about is the, the suspension settings are pretty much the same. It's just that the, the Husky is 10 millimeters lower than the KTM. And I preferred the KTM feel as, mm -hmm. as you did. You, you said you liked the Husky. Yeah, but I, I also agree with Renee. He's the, probably the fastest of the group on the 250F, and the KTM does provide the safest chassis at speed. I mm -hmm. feel like in stock mm -hmm. trim, like it, you can ride it the absolute hardest, and he's the one going the fastest out of our group, I'd say, in 250F. So it makes sense. Like, does, although it doesn't give some excitement and, you know, give you a big grin like a Yamaha motor or maybe the Cali chassis, you can ride it to its absolute limit and stop trim at a pro level pace, pace like Renee. So his, your feedback is, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. Hey, you mentioned how much you liked the uh, pro taper bar mm -hmm. going the other way. Dude. It was like a, it was like a fence <laughs> post. It was like a fence post, yeah. huh? It was like yeah. so straight and- It's hard. And stiff. Yeah. 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 Really stiff. What were those? Neck and, Neck and oh, okay. They just, they're just they're just really firm and you feel a lot of vibration yeah what did you think of the kgm cool i rode <laughs> them back to back husky was my first bike of the day the track was super muddy and everything the only thing that stood out for me on the ktm was it was a little bit stiffer like i to your point i thought the ktm was going to be the better of the two like it was last year um Again, I rode it at the end of the day once the track kind of dried up and the Husky outperformed it. Mm -hmm. Much more comfortable, but again, like to Pat, you're, you're saying it checks all the boxes. It's a good bike. Um, I could go out and ride it next weekend and have a lot of fun on it. Um, yeah, that's about it. Bike. Yeah. Bike. Strike. <laughs> right. Okay, so the uh, last bike in a comparison would be the uh, 2021 Yamaha YZ450F. Which 250 is 250F. 250F. Uh, I'm so cold right now. You sure it's PMG <laughs> in there? Yeah, but uh, <coughs> it's the other significantly changed model. Um, all new motor. Uh, 
the YZ450F chassis has been adapted to the 250. Um, I'll be honest, when I wrote it, like I didn't write the intro, but I wrote it shortly thereafter. I was like, wait a sec. Because you always get on the Yamaha at the shootouts and go, it has so much low and you go, this is a 300 or you know, this is stock. <laughs> yeah. But it feels like all the other bikes now. That, I'm not saying exactly like, but like it has the same character, mm -hmm. like the same type of power band. Before it was big, low, very good mid, and like kind of flattened out on top. Mm -hmm. So it's more like the other bikes now, where it's got a lot of top, great mid, and like good low, right? Yeah. But uh, so I first got on the bike, and then I rode the 20 back to back, and I was like, boy, that 20 is gnarly. But then I rode a little bit more, and uh, I noticed that I could do things on the 21 that I couldn't do on the 20 uh, power-wise, like because the 20 would flatten out like right before you jump, say, and the, the 21 would carry further. Um, I do like the way the 21 handles far better. Um, I think it corners much nicer than the 20 did. But uh, yeah, YZ250F, much improved in my mm -hmm. No, for sure, and I agree. I think that last year, um, and even this year, the, the bike is still the powerhouse of the class. I, I, I believe that they have uh, um, definitely narrowed it up a little bit. I think last year they had definitely some, some room to uh, maybe move that power curve a little bit closer to, to mid to top and, and sacrifice some bottom end. Uh, I think they did that. Uh, I personally, I prefer the 21 motor. I think it uh, suits to my style a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, high RPM, you know, not carrying more momentum and stuff like that. Um, but I think overall, I mean, it's definitely improved. It's just, it's getting tighter now for sure. The other bikes have stepped it up and, and it's getting tighter mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, um, the power for me, I, I prefer the 21 power. I, I did the intro with Pat and I noticed right away, I'm like, man, they're in the briefing, they talked about more low end, more low end. And I'm like, I wrote it and I'm like, <laughs> man, it's been, I don't, yeah, they, and what's cool is Yamaha let us reference a 20. And the 20 did have more low end, so interesting briefing. But the character I liked, the character of the new 21 is it is the motor is is just it, it gives you that excitement of a race motor. It has such good response. The tune in stock trim, and then you know the other mapping is very easy to use from the Bluetooth. Are all really mm -hmm. good. Um, the KYB suspension is great. But I feel like that, like you said, that everything's coming so close and critical now. Things come into into play, like the ergos, and it's a big girl up there in the front of that thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then that front tire is quite heavy because the engine's kind of up forward more. It's not as centrally located as the as the other models, and it's 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 getting more dicey in that overall overall package, right? But as far as Settings, I think they've done a phenomenal job on their settings. Like, mm -hmm. the, the, they're not missing a mark on fork and shock or engine tune. I think it's just now becoming a character thing. That, that front tire, going back to the tires, is there's a lot of weight on that front tire entering turns. The mid part of the turn, I struggle in the Yamaha getting it to finish my turn. It kind of sits down in a stroke and it gets heavy, and, I, and then the bike wants to stand up on me. So, for me, that, that's a, that's a, that's a, trust issue for me is really waiting outside peg pressing it and you have to do everything perfect to mm -hmm. support that turn um, where you know the Cowie for me was just seamless turning so yeah the Yamaha team did a great job of, of really refining the 20 and the 21 with the new cylinder a really all new bike as mm -hmm. well like the Cowie but um, 
it, it's 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 really good. Like you said, powerhouse Renee. It, it's get a lot of power, but now it's coming down to like the nitty gritty stuff when you come into the finish line. Mm -hmm. You know what's interesting for me to hear you talk about the cornering. You're a Yamaha rider. You yeah. Know, you race the YZ 450F. Yep. And to me, the 250 corners far better than the 450 but you love your 450. I've done some work so, to it though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but like that's the point is like it, it, it's it's still a big girl up front but we've you know Enzo's done some perches yeah. and, and, and we have worked on the, the the weak points of it where like our shootouts we don't get to work on those weak points mm -hmm. and um, yeah it just it gets heavy down that that front wheel and, and you know and I think today uh, going back to the track if this track would have been a typical Cahia track with with no bumps, I mean, sorry, smaller bumps, smaller chop with a harder base, I think that Yamaha would have been able to shine a little more. But today mm -hmm. we have more traditional, rutted, East Coast, very dynamic track mm -hmm. and, and with real tacky dirt and that front tire gets heavy and sticky and it, 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 the sticky dirt doesn't allow you having mistakes. Yeah. So I, I was gonna touch on something you both, I, I agree with both of you. And one thing that I wanted to point out is I think this is the best cornering Yamaha that they've built. I think, I think this bike corners better than last year. I agree. It's just Kawasaki made a big jump. Their, their cornering is really, really good. I felt the same things you did. I, as you're entering the corners, the turning is much more confidence inspiring on the Yamaha. Midway through the corner, things get a little, little wonky. It, it, it kind of wanted to stand up and I, I didn't really notice that when we did the intro. We did the intro and I thought, gosh, this bike corners so much better than it did before. This is, it just feels so much more agile. Um, but you go back to back to the cow and you go, oh, there's, there's still some things missing. Mm -hmm. um, Renee, to your point on the, on the motor, um, I absolutely agree. Like last year it had a lot of grunt down low, a lot of torque, and it, and it pulled hard that way. The new motor character, they've, they've definitely sacrificed some low end and they've moved it up to the top end and, it's, and it definitely wants to rev. You gotta rev it. If you're not revving, it's gonna fall on your face. And that's something that Mike and I talked about at the intro. We're going, Last year had so much grunt down low, and we, we kind of went off to the side and we go, hey, kind of hollow right through here, right? I mean, it's kind of, there's something missing. They, yeah. they, they moved it. And you know, it wasn't really a loss of power, it's just a shift of power. The day that top. I got to ride it finally, I was like, dude, where's, where's the low end, right? <laughs> so I'm like, well, can you map something into it? And they're like, oh, well, TP5 map, right? Yeah. And I read that, and I was like, oh, it's better, but it's like, I'm like can we try one tooth? And I thought, one tooth will make it feel just like last year's, but it's different. It's not a motor feeling; it's a gearing feeling. Yeah. And when I got on it with one, only one tooth, mind you, I rode it at State Fair. Dude, it ran out of gear so much faster than oh, yeah. before. Just one tooth. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They made second gear super short. I, I rode like, it with you that day. You had yeah. to go through gears quickly. You go from second to fourth in like. Yeah. And it's that's fine. what I think KTM yeah. did wrong. They tried to get. They saw the powerhouse of Yamaha. Um, bringing power so they tried to gear their bike to make low end yeah and it but it's not strong enough in third gear to pull third through the turn and it's not and i'm shifting this third halfway through the turn in second so mm -hmm. i think to, what you're saying is yamaha has the right gearing yeah. they just shifted their powering power yeah. right and right. i think ktm has the wrong gearing they should go taller so yeah. you can use second longer right and have more character yeah. yeah another thing i wanted to add too is um when i was spending more time on a yamaha the wideness didn't necessarily bother me as much and this kind of goes back to to our you know track conditions today were a little bit abnormal. Um, There's more ruts, so you had to get your leg up higher and be on it, you know, and typical to Kia, you, you can kind of be lazy with it because they're mainly, you know, going around outsides. Today, there was ruts, you had to get your leg up, you had to make sure you're on point, and I did notice a lot more that 
you know, the she's wide up front. <laughs> Putting your leg up, if you're not, if you don't like almost like jump it to the very top of the shroud, you will get uh, your leg will get pushed out, and, and yeah. it can cause you know your leg to get snagged, and you know it's just like that to happen. And now that I'm not spending necessarily as much time on the Yamaha, that is a big thing I notice when I hop on it. It takes me a little time to adjust. My turning's different, scrubbing, all that stuff is, is affected for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's time. It's time to address that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting that close. Yeah. Right? It, it, yeah. Those things come out. It's like yeah. getting a piggyback ride from a big girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to be down with the thickness, dude. <laughs> so uh, uh, the thing with the Yamaha that's so sweet is you know you have the power tuner out, right? They're the only bike in the class that you could change the power band with your phone. Um, on the bike, the switch can go from standard, and then the blue light on is whatever map you program in there, right? So I got on the bike today and I was like, oh. Blue light is the Preston 5 map. And Tokarski says, no, it's a high revving map. And I'm like, we don't need a high revving map. You need the, the low end Tokarski map. So then I actually tried it on the track and I wasn't a good enough rider to use that high revving map, right? So I was just told, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but uh, bike was awesome though. I, yeah. I love that thing and it corners like a beast, I, I think. Um, you know that line I made, Sleater? going towards yeah, the yep. big uphill finish. Yep. I did notice that pushed wide at the end of that, uh, as opposed to like the Honda or the Cowie, I could stay tight in it, mm -hmm. so. I think like turning it for me, like just, just turning it, it turns great like radius wise. I think mm -hmm. when I'm at a lean angle, right? When I'm at a lean, lean angle, it's hard to like keep it down. So I guess I don't want to confuse anyone when we talk about cornering, there's two cornering methods. Like Don, you turn, like you don't slide a lot, you turn that sucker and it does turn great and it has that heavier plant on that front tire that allows that to turn good. But when I get into a rut and it, the front tire wants to climb or if, if I check, it just really, it doesn't help me stay down. You know? Yeah, you can feel it kind of like starting to lift back up. Yeah, stand up corner. on you, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. hard to kind of stay consistent through it. That corner down at the bottom before you did the uphill mm -hmm. where the rock is, there was an outside line there that there was one outside or one below that. Mm -hmm. And I ran into the same issue. I'd come in, throw it down and it would want to ride into that second one or I'd almost want to knife in mm -hmm. but then I just got on the gas and that thing pulled me all the way to the moon yeah. like, I mean that, that was the only bike that I think I over jumped that table and the one other <laughs> uphill table. like yeah. any long uphill that thing was there was no flattening off anywhere and that was on the just the stock one yeah. in your experience how fun is it that motor like when it's it makes a lot of noise that intake but that tune it just it really feels like a race engine yeah, yeah you going up that hill i, I was smiling ear to ear for <laughs> yeah. sure i was like oh <laughs> you haven't talked about how the cowie is loud i feel like the yamaha is way louder though oh, absolutely it's, dude, like yeah. it's more thing. of an intake i think yeah than anything. no doubt yeah another thing that we didn't really touch on you were saying that like guys getting off of like 125s and stuff earlier with the honda that it's easy for you to kind of adapt to but now that we're saying that the yamaha has all this like power at the top end it kind of makes you feel like you can almost ride it like you were just getting off of 125 because you always have to be on the top so That's then if you are like a guy that rails on 125 and gets on this 250f i feel like you're going to be pretty comfy pretty quick yeah what was interesting to me was is usually on like a like you know the KTM and Husky have like a higher revving, yeah. uh, higher um, peak power torque curve or power curve is the Yamaha, like you said, it's up there, but it's producing so much character, like mid to top, I think you get a lighter kit or lighter rider on that thing and you hit that mid part, they're gonna be 
all out of whack where the KTM, it builds power very linear, so you yeah. don't really feel it. But I know what you're saying is like, you're, the, the Yamaha, you ride it now, you're not short shifting it, you're really screaming it to, to, feel, to ride it in the, in the meat is right. in the top. Right, and it makes you feel like you're actually riding a 250F, kind of how I feel 250F should be. I agree, you know? yeah. Yeah, having like a, a 300 type power curve, like I think early on, a lot of young riders were blowing up the 250Fs because they're over revving them because mm -hmm. they're riding past peak power so much. So maybe this new power plant was more of a longevity thing and shifting power to where the riders were tending to want to ride them. Mm -hmm. Like you said, they're tending to want to ride them up here instead of down here. Yeah, because there is such a jump between that two-stroke, four-stroke. I mean, it's obviously 10, 15 years ago when they did that, but you know, it almost kind of brings you back and, and I think pushes the bike the way that it, it, it should be rid. Yeah, so. fair to say, for sure. Cool. Okay, so we've covered all the bikes. The shootout results are yet to be determined. We have to take past notes, these notes. Um, but as of right now, let's like talk about which was our favorite. So for me, super close between the three Japanese bikes, and I'm not being partial to Japanese. <laughs> but uh, you know, I had so much fun on the Honda, like just because it's easy to ride and everything. But like. For me, that my favorite bike this year is, is the Yamaha YZ250F, just because it's so great. I mean, it, it's it's not the low end of last year, which is more uh, accommodating to a slower, heavier guy, right? With the big low end out of the corners and stuff, but still, it does everything else so so nicely. It's uh, it's my favorite bike. I mean, I I could see myself racing that in our series, bone stock, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, I think um, the Yamaha was so close, but I have to give the nudge to the Kawasaki 250F. I think it just, that they've really improved with the, you know, the features and benefits with the, the hydraulic clutch, the e-start, the chassis. Um, I love the, the 450 chassis, just some refinements and having it now on the 250F and the, the improved power plant and the ergos and it, like you said, Pat, it's come down, those things need to be sure. brought up and, and I think the that light front touch on the front tire and the cornering capabilities of the new Cali, it really fixed some of my flaws. And I think anytime you can get a bike that can make you a better rider, even though I love the Yamaha, it just I, I was wanting it to help me with some of my, my flaws and the Cali helped that. So man it, it's it's down on power a smidge from the Yamaha. I, I do love the Yamaha power plant and they've done a really good job with the setting, but I think the chassis on the Cali really supports my riding and, and the motor wasn't far enough off to, to have it be beaten. Mm -hmm. I think I'd have to completely agree with you on that. I picked the Cowie as well for the winner, um, but it was tough because, again, like you, Don, all the Japanese bikes to me were, were awesome. I have the most fun on the Honda. I love the way the Yamaha feels, but I think Cowie has just done such a good job in continuing to push their boundaries a little bit, and I think this year they kind of nailed it. And um, like Mike was saying earlier, we were talking about which one would you pull off the showroom and be confident racing and I felt like I could pull the Cowie off and be just okay with it as is, so. Um, yeah, one thing I wanted to touch on is like, you know, I'd just like to first off start off by saying I'd be happy with any of my, <laughs> any of the bikes here today, you know, mm -hmm. fair to say. I think all of them provide a, a, a solid platform to do whatever you want, whether it's be a weekend warrior or a serious racer or, or whatever. Um, but I'm gonna have to say my favorite bike today was a Cowie and that's simply because uh, how confidence inspiring it is. I felt like it inspired me to consistently lap after lap, push harder, a little bit faster, and, and, and just try to find that, that limit. Um, it has a solid 
uh, motor package I, I was extremely um, surprised with with how well it did compared to the other bikes. Uh, suspension is awesome. It's almost like valve for me. I think we we made adjustments to see if it could get better, but it wasn't out of necessity. Like the bike was doing something funky, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like I said, wrapped that together with the awesome clutch. You know, great electric start. The bike is a, is a solid package. Yeah, no doubt. That hydro clutch, like I've never been a huge fan of them, which is weird, but I thought that it really helped significantly on the, the Cowie. So. Uh, you know what? It was really close for me as well. Um, like I said, I, I have the most fun on the Honda. I think that bike's really fun to ride. Is it the most effective power plant? No. Um, so it wouldn't be my choice to race. Uh, I really like the Kawasaki a lot. But uh, for me, I, I still pick the Yamaha. The, uh, the power is strong enough. It's, it's enough. There's enough difference for me to, uh, to pick the Yamaha power. Plus, I love the, the Yamaha suspension. The Kawasaki is really good. It's, it's got a plush feel. It's comfortable. All that's great. It's a little on the soft side for me. I'm a little more comfortable with the Yamaha. I, I still think the Yamaha sets the gold standard for suspension. Uh, I love how planted it is on the straightaways. Um, like I said earlier, turn in is better than it's ever been. It doesn't corner as good as the Honda or the Kawasaki, but it corners well, and it's the best cornering Yamaha yet. I, I still like it. It's getting close, and uh, I think Yamaha still has more work to do. Yeah, yeah I think, I mean, I, I went ahead and did the Honda. Mm -hmm. um, I got right on that bike and felt extremely comfortable. Um, I put together, I think, probably the longest moto without having to stop and do anything. Um, other than change the map and yeah like I, like I was telling you Mike it's a bike I can go buy off the, the showroom floor and roll it into the garage and take it to the swap moto series the following weekend and and feel comfortable that I can be competitive you know as a novice rider it's yeah I would like it to be a little bit faster but do I think I can handle that extra speed only time would tell <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, there you have it. Those are our thoughts on the bikes. Uh, well, uh, well I've, got, I've got a couple long nights of reading the chicken scratch on their evaluation <laughs> forms and uh, busting out the calculator and doing some math. But uh, we will have the uh, official 2021 Swap Motor Life 250 shootout uh, live here not too long. I'd say within a week or so. Um, just really want to go through the, uh, the data with fine tooth comb. Um, but that's our, uh, that's our little bench racing session after the day at Kawea today. So I want to thank uh, Megan and Randy at Kawea Creek uh, for a great track today in spite of the rainstorm yeah. that we had. Um, all the shootout sponsors, we've got 805 Beer helping us, uh, Amsoil, Maxxis Tires, GoPro. Um, and then of course, uh, PNG for the, uh, the great happy hour and our, uh, our hydration today throughout the day. Um, PNG stuff has been around for two, three years now, and uh, I've always supported it because I'm good friends with the people that run it, but uh, this new stuff, Hydration 2.0, uh, has just blown me away. It's, it's great tasting, works great. Uh, the thing that gets me is it, can, it still tastes good when it's warm, because on a mountain bike, you know, you, <laughs> you don't have an ice chest on your, on your water bottle cage. But, uh, yeah, it's great. I encourage you to check out all the stuff. Uh, the newest thing is the immunity boost. Um, man, it seems like lately, in spite of not having a magazine to do, I've been running myself ragged more than ever, traveling a lot. 
you know, in spite of the social distancing and all, I like coming in contact with a great number of people. Uh, I rely on that stuff to keep me healthy. So uh, thanks to the PNG guys for uh, supporting us and producing a great product. And I promise you, you're going to love it. And uh, we have a code SML20 on their website, pinnaclenutritiongroup.com. I encourage you to use it. And uh, yeah, I don't get it free. I pay for this stuff. <laughs> 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 but, uh, anyhow, uh, thanks for watching. And uh, stay tuned to swapmodelive.com for the shootout. Thanks, guys. Cool. We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet.